From Uniforms to Unicorns is sponsored by Brand 47 Coffee, which was founded by Holly and Alex, both first responders looking to create a sustainable business to pass on to their two sons with Down syndrome, Jax and Nico. Thinking about the future has always been in the forefront of their heads for their boys, creating meaningful employment and independence as adults. The only way to do that was to create it. Brand 47 Coffee Co. provides the most unique and fun-flavored coffee. Seriously, it is so good. Our Mine and Sharon's favorite is the Coco Loco. It's coconut-infused. It is to die for. All of their coffee is small batch and roasted to order. They are incredible people doing incredible things. Their vision is to keep the world caffeinated, to stay special, and be extra. You can find them at brand47coffee.com. Welcome to From Uniforms to Unicorns. This podcast is all about our experience as female corrections officers, our challenges, our triumphs, and our transitions out of the career. Lauren and I have always had a significant bond. Friends, moms, and business owners that happen to be in prison. Life attempted to separate us, but we always found a way back to each other. Through huge life milestones, tragedy, and random text messages saying, I thought of you today. We know there is huge curiosity surrounding these topics. And we aren't the only ones that struggle. There are also incredible stories just waiting to be shared. And we want this to be a safe place for us and you to talk about the often unspoken world of correction. Grab a coffee, head out on a walk, or just take a break. Let me warn you, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> From uniforms to unicorns. Hey, Lauren here. Just wanted to remind you that some of the things that Sharon and I and our guests talk about on this podcast can have adverse effects or bring on triggers for experiences that you have had in the past. So we just wanted to give you a little bit of a warning before you listen to any of the podcast episodes and say, take care of yourself. And thank you again for being here and listening. Hi, Sharon. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yay! Recording day. Recording day. Yeah. Yes. So fun. So fun. Uh, so we just finished up. If you listened last week with Melissa, uh, so we're it's like a PSP net themed two episodes. <laughs> Lucky everybody. Uh, but today we have uh, Jody Burnett, and she's a registered psychologist. She works with PSP net as well, and uh, we are just so pumped to have her. So yep. thank you for being here, Jody. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. We we appreciate. Uh, we had a little bit of a time change <laughs> issue there, so we're <laughs> everybody. Just so you know, up until November twenty sixth, Alberta and Saskatchewan are on the exact same time. <laughs> In case you didn't know. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, Jody. Fun fun for, fact. Fun fact for the day. Fun fact for the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Want to know about you? Tell us a little bit about Jody and how she got involved in all of this and working with yeah. first responders. Oh wow! It just it seems like yesterday, but uh, I think probably my I right out of high school I went I knew that I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, I feel like part of that was probably like you know all the counseling you do with friends you kind of know right away like <laughs> you're the you're the listener you're the one that's you know <laughs> peace you know you know making things right between people you're negotiating your conflict resolution <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that good stuff. <laughs> so I went into school right away knowing that that's what I wanted to do and um but I didn't realize that it's a, it's a long haul I thought I could go in get a four-year degree boom be done but that wasn't the case so I had a bit of a longer haul in front of me, so I ended up doing my my master's and my PhD wow. all here in the, the wonderful city of Regina at the University <laughs> of Regina. Um, and then along the way, though, it's funny, like one of my first gigs actually was in uh, victim services at the Regina Police Service. And I kind of was, I was kind of lured away. I, I almost went into policing at that point. I was really, really interested. And um, I was married at the time, and I said to my husband, if I don't get into grad school, I think I might go into policing. And so... Um, you can't see me, but I'm like, you know, maybe five three. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm close to five three. I mean, it kind of looks me I'm like, yeah, two and a half. I'm like five two and a half. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think it's five three officially on my license. But anyway, yeah. So, 
I don't know how he felt about that, but I did end up getting into grad school. And so I just, I went a different path, but, um, but I really always have loved, you know, um, the culture of first responding and I, and I have such a respect for it because um, it's a job like no other. Um, and, uh, and so I knew right away that that's kind of where I wanted to be. I, I also did some work in high performance. Um, and so I worked for a bit of a stint with um, a number of high performing areas. So I did some in sports, you know, in hockey and different areas. And I, um, I, I trained under a fellow named Dr. Uh, Kyle Botterill, um, and he's a, a world-renowned sports psychologist. And so he really taught me the ropes of high performance. And it was really interesting how um, I was able to kind of take some of that learning and blend it into my work with first responders, because a lot of what first responders and public safety personnel do really is about high performance, right? It's, it's, a, it's a whole different gig, and um, except it's life and death. Right. It's not how many, <laughs> how many goals can you put, you know, how many it's like, can, can I put run in one second quicker than I did the other day? Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's really interesting. I, I've been able to kind of blend those, those two parts of my life or my, you know, two, two pretty key interests um, and, and blend it into one. And so, yeah. And so I, I started working with, uh, you know, public safety personnel and their families in private practice and um, developing workshops and things like that. Um, and then this opportunity for PSPNet came along in 2019, and I, I just couldn't pass it up. You know, I've always been an independent, and so going into, yeah, just going into a team and, and working a little bit differently, um, I was not only excited about, but I was a little bit, you know, it's, it was it was a change, but mm -hmm. such a good change um, and such an amazing team. I mean, we've just got, um, so PSPNet is, is part of a group called SIPSERT, that's the acronym for the Canadian um, Institute for Public Safety Research and Treatment. And so SIPSER is an organization that kind of brings the top researchers, the top movers and shakers uh, in public safety and, and doing, you know, um, inquiry for, you know, to improve the overall mental health, well-being, treatment, et cetera, for uh, public safety personnel and first responders. And so um, just wonderful leadership there. We've got, you know, our executive director, Dr. Nick Jones. We've got um, our scientific research director, Dr. Nick Carlton. And then Dr. Heather Hadjistrovopoulos, um, who I've known for a long time, she's an expert in internet delivered cognitive behavior therapy. And so I've known Heather a long time. And when she, she told me about this opportunity, I was super excited because it was such a good fit, right? I like innovation. I like doing therapy. I love working and supporting <laughs> public safety <laughs> personnel, right? And so I just was like, this is like a dream job. This is, this is exactly where I need to be. And, um, and that's really... That's really how it all started. And I kind of got in at the ground level, which was fun because I'm really about, and so is our, our team, we're really about making sure that um, this, this service that we offer is driven by the needs of the people we serve. So mm -hmm. I don't like when we have, you know, when there's services out there and you see they're, they're not driven by need, they're driven by other, you know, whether it's dollars, whether it's, you know, um, I know best and you just do what I do because I know best. I don't like that. I, in my philosophy is being, you know, being, being a therapist is really meeting people where they're at, connecting with them where they're at. They're, they're, they're the expert. And so I love this because when I came into this, one of the first things I got to do was go out um, and talk to ESP across the province. So we piloted it just to give you background. We, ESP Net's funded by the federal government's action plan on post-traumatic stress disorder. And when we got funding, they wanted to pilot in two places. Saskatchewan was the obvious choice because our team is out of the University of Regina. And then we also piloted in Quebec at that time. So we could be official in both official languages from, from Canada. Um, but what we got to do is go across the province and have interviews, like conversations with folks and say, hey, and all different ranks, sworn members, civilian members, you know, um, in high ranking administration to all the way to frontline staff. And we got feedback to say, okay, if we built this, what do you want in it? Like, mm -hmm. what, what's important to you? How do you want to talk to your therapist every week? What kind of content would be important? What, you know, what type of topics are important to you? What do you want this to look like? And I just think that really sets the work of PSPNet apart from, from other programs that are, that are out there right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because I've done the the self-guided um, program and it was phenomenal. Like, absolutely. The only, the only, and I had shared this with Melissa and I share this with everybody is like, be prepared. It is, you have to schedule it in. You, it can't just yeah. be like, sign up and I'll get to it when I get to it. 
yep. um, you really have to be prepared to, to, and make sure you have the time to do it. Cause I, I, that was my struggle is <laughs> I felt like, oh my gosh, I have to get this done. And then I, I was like, I have to put it in the schedule or I'm going to get mm-hmm. behind. Uh, but no, it's, it is a phenomenal. I didn't do the, the therapist led, but that option is available to yep. you. And like had Melissa had just said in the last episode is like, and immediately, which we know people are struggling with right now, finding, uh, and I mean, if you get Jody, <laughs> yay, you! Yay. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are too kind. Uh, we, from the lottery, I don't know, I don't know the other one, but uh, I mean, right? So it's our, like, our clinical team is amazing. Like I, I just have I believe to put that. A, I got to put a plug in for them because we're a very diverse group. We come with a lot of different experiences and training and, and expertise. But the one thing that unifies us is our ability to really get the people we serve. And right. it's mm-hmm. so important to understand the culture and understand what you do, your lingo, the way you talk, the type of environments you work in, the, you know, the internal challenges that you deal with. But, you know, all of those things I think are incredibly important because the number one thing we want to do is establish some rapport, is establish some trust. And if you don't understand the people that you are serving, you have no chance of establishing that alliance whatsoever. Yeah. Right? That, and I just, <laughs> I was a part of that advisory board that just went through and did like all the photos and the, or the testimonials and all that stuff. And it was so interesting because there is um, an agency that comes in and helps with everything. And the words they're using, we're like, no, you can't say it like that. <laughs> they're like using it. And we're like, oh my, no, right. It's just so funny. And I think because you, and there's so many people on the same page, which was really interesting. Cause I, I came in as, as a first responder and as a spouse. Um, mm-hmm. but it was so cool because the one guy would like say something and we're like, oh yeah, I thought you, you can't, no, 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 no. Right. Like just so interesting to, to see that there is that there is that line. And we just, and with Melissa, we said the same thing, like dark humor. She said, yeah. like, she, there were some things that she wanted to put that at, that actually are in that are, yeah. are dark humorous because that's where you come from. That's, that's the lingo. Right. That's the language. That's the, yeah. that's, that's how, how you cope. And that's how yeah. you build trust with people. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, you're yeah. just as fucked up as I am. You are exactly. good. We're yeah. good. You Let's go it. for a drink. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's important though. Right. Cause it's the trust. It's, mm-hmm. it's the trust factor. Cause as a well, as I'm, I'm talking about a correctional officer now, but I don't trust it. And it's still there, right? You don't trust mm-hmm. anybody until you have a normal person in your life to say, listen, like, calm, calm down. This is kids soccer, or <laughs> this is girl guides. This or, is the girl guides. Have you yeah. heard, heard girl guides <laughs> story, Jody? <laughs> I haven't heard the game. Okay, Sharon, you have to tell it again, because it's been a really long time. Just tell the girl guides story really quick. <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah I was looking like I mean you have a daughter too we were looking at other things to do and girl guides was the thing that came up for us so we had put put it in and they're like we need like uh what are they called Lauren leaders leaders yeah and then (laughs) so I signed her up and then I also became a leader and it was like so out of my comfort zone right I'm not an outdoorsy person I don't camp I don't like it I don't any of that stuff (laughs) So yeah, I, I think she was like seven or eight and I was like her girl guide um, leader. And so we'd be in the, and then one of the other leaders that I dragged, I'm like, are you doing it too? She's um, actually, we've had her husband who's a uh, first responder. She's a, a, nurse. a nurse. Yeah, nurse, that's it. And we were in there together and in the gym and a huge gym setting, a whole bunch of little girls, like between seven and nine years old and I stood like arms crossed back to the wall watching the exits looking she actually Mm -hmm. took a picture of me because she said you're on guard like you're playing correctional officer and she's like and meanwhile like they're doing hopscotch and glitter and crafts (laughs) and she's like what is it you're you're doing I'm like I'm not getting stabbed from behind actually yeah they're not gonna stab me okay they may be seven I'm watching my six okay exactly I'm like, there could be a fight could break out. She's like, yeah, of them crying over who gets the hot glue gun. Like that's the worst yeah. that's going to happen here. Right. But I was, yeah, on guard and it, mm-hmm. I was just out of corrections at that point, I think for two years. And that just, mm-hmm. 
because you don't trust and it doesn't no. until you meet somebody that you do that can break down mm -hmm. like your walls well, your guard you're a guard you're guarded yeah. yeah and it's interesting too because it's what you're experiencing is so common right because that hypervigilance is actually a built-in survival mechanism mm -hmm. you need that to do your job effectively really truthfully right mm -hmm. but but the problem is is that when your shift is done you don't just get to flip a switch and be like okay good now you know cool, cool down brain you don't need to be on high alert anymore no. right you and it just doesn't work that way so you know it's this is why though i really like to help people because you know i always liken it to if you come off shift right how many of you have driven a standard before right if you've driven a standard car and you're cruising along on the highway in fifth gear if you suddenly try to jam that down into first gear well, you, your tranny's going to fall out, right? <laughs> you're dumb, right? You're going to have a very big problem, right? But what we see all the time, right, is men and women, just like yourselves, they get off shift. They've seen, you know, the ugliest of the ugly, most likely, stuff that people will never get to see or be exposed to. And then they're supposed to just, you know, they, they try to jam it down into first gear and come home and be, in air quotes, normal you know mm -hmm. and to switch into that okay now we've got soccer we've got hockey we've got barbecue we've got, you know mm -hmm. um it's not realistic right and so helping people to see how they can integrate those two worlds right how you can do yes. your job and do it well but how you slowly start to gear down and then ease into you know your, your personal life and that's why you know that's why i'm glad that this our spouses and significant other program has been developed because there's no way your family can't be impacted right. by that there's just no way right um, they, that that i'm sure you've read it the emotional survival for the law enforcement mm -hmm. right uh yep. kevin gilmartin um and, and we just we were just talking about this too like even a 12-hour shift you're you you how it's hard to come down even in that 12 hours because you're back in 12 hours so it's like well what's yep. the point right i'll wait yep. till my day's off but then your days off even are that four on four off typically, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's is different. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's even those four days, I always say to my husband, he's like, well, I have four days off. I'm like, well, you actually have three. And by the time you get back to here, we got yeah. one, <laughs> yeah. right? Like well, by the time and, you flip it off, we got yeah. one. And, and your brain doesn't care, right? Yeah. The fear center of your brain, that nice little thing we call the amygdala, it doesn't actually give a hoot if you're on days off because it's been conditioned from all that it's been exposed to now yeah. everything is a potential threat right yeah. so going out for dinner and i and i'll do this repeatedly right you go it's exactly what you said i'm my back is against the wall i'm mm -hmm. scanning the room i'm watching the exits i'm watching who's coming in do i know that person have i had an interaction with them before you know all of that mm -hmm. and meanwhile your loved one is across from you and, and they're like you know lights are on but nobody's home because mm -hmm. your brain is somewhere else mm -hmm. right and so, yeah, your brain doesn't care. We should write a book. Your brain doesn't care. Yeah, we should write a book. Care. The brain doesn't care. Nobody yeah. cares and nobody's coming, right? Doesn't care that you're on days off. Doesn't care. Yeah. It is like, true though, because yeah. I, one, and one of the biggest things that I found for me, because I, one of the, the things that made me realize that was something was going on in my life uh, as a result of my career was insomnia. And we do like, we do this with our kids, right? They tell like, create a bedtime. You read all the mom's books and it's like, create a, like some sort of ritual. And then yeah. I was like, oh, what if I did this for myself? Maybe I'll be able to <laughs> sleep better, right? Like you just think it works for kids, but it is yeah. even something like that. Even my husband says like, I'll, I'll let you know before I get home. Like even like, and, and sometimes it's like, he just needs to go up to the room watch some numbing probably crime show or police show <laughs> for like 45 minutes and then come back down and like prepare himself because our lives are so busy and I mean I, I, but I need help too some days right I'm like mm -hmm. I know you had a shitty day but I'm gonna like do, what do you need 30 minutes 45 yep, yep great yep. go do that and then I'm gonna need you to to come down and make dinner and take this one to hockey while I drive this <laughs> over here, right? Right, but isn't it interesting how it's the little things, right? And I think that's what I love most about the program, about PSP Net, is that it, it helps you, you know, understand the little things. The, the communication. Yeah, the mm -hmm. small changes that you can start to make, right? To, um, you know, be able to manage all that you're, you've got on your plate, right? Because yes, there's the physical demands, 
but then there are the mental and emotional and even spiritual demands, right? That this is this is taxing. And I always feel, and even like you know, even in our jobs as as therapists, I feel like I give my very best to to everybody else, right? I give my very best to the people I serve. And the people I love the very, very most get the like little crumbs, yeah, right? And so to... even for myself, yeah, and I'm always very transparent with clients. Like I see a counselor because for me, I needed to figure out how to get back into balance, right? Because if I don't refuel and I don't find a way to um, process the stuff that I'm taking on and unpack some stuff, right? I'm no good. I'm no good to anybody. I'm no good to the people I serve, but I'm definitely no good to the people I love the very most. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I, I, and that's why, you know, NPS Connect is one program. There's lots right. of ways that people can, you know, sometimes just talking to a friend can be a great start. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't have to be these very big, you know, uh, because that is intimidating. Absolutely. That can be really intimidating for folks. Right. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, uh, and because of what I do on this, the side, like the, to serve it, I get lots of people that, you know, will message me same with Sharon and I, we get tons of messages on, and we're like, uh, uh, it's so true. <laughs> um, like, we, we're just podcasters and former corrections office, but, but we love to have like resources to be able to send to, them to, yeah, to send. or like, or we're here to listen. Sometimes that's all yeah. we have to say. And they will send us pages and pages mm-hmm. and pages. And I'm like, and basically we're like, oh, wow. We're so sorry. You went through that. Like, is but it's the validation. Else? Right. And and as soon as they have it, I think that's like, okay, I can go to the next step. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we always say like, Hey, have you tried this? Hey, have you reached out to Mm -hmm. these people? Hey, have you contacted this place? And, and one of the things that I like absolutely love about this program and PSP net and what you guys are doing is like, I will say, have you reached out here? And they're like, yeah, there's a three month waiting list. Or, yes. yes. Yeah. Or I've yeah. tried that place. They told, they gave me another number who actually, yeah. and Melissa and I yeah. said the same thing, who act, they actually don't take first responders. I'm like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? They don't take first well, responders. And it's interesting, right? Do they take yes. human beings? <laughs> what do you have to do? Don't yeah. tell do them I, you're a first what responder. Do yeah, what do I need to do to be in the club? Yeah. No, and that's, and truthfully, that's what PSP Net was, was actually built on is that there's a lot of um, literature coming out. Dr. Carlton had done a lot of work in this area identifying that there's a a number of barriers that first responders and and PSP experience when trying to get help. And that's no easy feat because by the time typically that you get to a place where you are going to reach for help, you're not usually in like the green zone. You are in the red hot zone. You've probably been trying to grind it out and ignore what's going on for quite some time. So now we're in a crisis, almost crisis scenario, right? And so you're right. When you call and you get the runaround, they're like, screw it. I'm the, I'm not, I'm, I got, I don't need, I guess it's not meant to be like, I'm not going to go, I don't have totally. the capacity to navigate this system. And so the, the ease at which you can access our program is great. You go online. You don't need a referral. You don't need to fill out a pile of paperwork. Nobody needs to know that you're in the program except right. for you. Your, your, your workplace will not know. HR won't know. Nobody knows. Right. And so, well, you're like, well, what is it cost? Well, it's free. So it's free. So that takes out a barrier, right? We got financial yeah. barriers out of the way. Yeah. Because we know we know coverage in most places isn't fantastic all the time. And they don't so want it to show up on their coverage. And they don't case. want it to show up. Bingo. Yeah. Right? Because there's so much vulnerability there yeah. that they will be on some level deemed not competent yes. if they're found out that they're getting help, right? So we've we've kind of knocked out that. We've knocked out the time. Although you're right, you have to you have to block off some time each week to to go through the, the information. But it's the easily modules. accessible. You literally go to your computer, yeah. someplace quiet. Yep. And it it's, doesn't have to be two hours. It could be 15 minutes yeah. every morning while you yeah. drink your coffee, right? Yeah. So we got that. So then because it's internet delivered, you can do it anywhere. So if you're in a rural or remote community and you don't have access to supports, and even if you do in urban, you're right. Now the average wait is eight to 10 months, public and private. It is a big, big wait. And so mm-hmm. there's no wait. You can access it from anywhere. And it really does. I mean, the big one for us was to break down that stigma. We wanted it to be accessible so that nobody had to know. And you mm-hmm. can get, you know, we're an evidence-based program. And what that means is that the, the interventions we're using 
are equally good. Like if you look at our outcomes in terms of symptom reduction, symptom management in key symptom areas, let's say depression, anxiety, anger, post-traumatic stress, they are all very equivalent in improvement outcomes that we see in face-to-face counseling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can't get any better. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a very excellent viable option for folks who are like, I'll never sit across from a stranger in an office, never, right? ever, ever. And I don't want that hassle or I can't afford it or I can't get in. Like it really is. It's just, um, it's doing what it was, you know, created to do. Yes. And absolutely. that's to eliminate those barriers. Right. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I believe it's done that because that's I've good. sent a few people there and they're like, wow, I can't believe how easy that was. Right. Yeah, like I can't believe right. how easy it was. It was super easy. I just went on the internet, filled out the thing. I didn't have to make phone calls and be transferred. And, nope. and I, and I know, um, yeah, like you said, when people get to that place, it's a, it's a, it's a very small window of opportunity mm-hmm. to say, okay, I'm going to reach out for help. And as soon as they don't get it, that door shut and it, it does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it creates. Yeah. It, and, uh, my, uh, my cousin who openly shares her story about, uh, her husband who, uh, and he openly shares his story as well, had a psychologist and was like, went there one day and she came out and said to my cousin, he needs to be taken to a psychiatric facility because he's suicidal and they, they, they drove him to the hospital. And basically it was like, well, uh, we'll let you know. <laughs> She's like, what? Right. Like they didn't yeah. end up taking oh, yeah. him, but it was yeah. like, I can't take him home. I have three children. No. Uh, and, and, uh, the department that he works for was incredible. Uh, but then they sent him away for three months for treatment. Oh, wow. And at wow. that point, she's like, but he's my childcare on his days off. Right. He, yeah. he watched the kids on the days off. Uh, and she's just like, now I have to quit my job. Like I have to leave because yeah. I don't have, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have yeah. nobody and childcare is expensive. Right. Like, so yeah. I might as well not be working. I might as well just stay Like it was just such a blown up mm-hmm. um, thing. And she was just like, I need, I need something. Right. So now they have this like incredible resource too, for families to say like, how do I navigate this? Well, that's just it. Right. And such a, well, and just when you're sharing that story, my heart's just like, Oh, because Mm -hmm. the guilt, the guilt he's going to feel even saying that he had an issue, right. Because there will be, he will be dealing with that because he's now feeling like a burden. Yeah. Right. And a pressure on his family. And not competent all the things that go along with that and then exactly what you said now everything is left on one on one person, person. right mm-hmm. and to not mm-hmm. have any supports i mean for all of us it's different some of us have great family supports extended Absolutely. family supports some of us don't and so mm-hmm. to think that you know to not have anybody that's tough or to not have any access to any kind of you know strategies what what the hell do I do here? Yeah, like, what are we doing? How am I going to work through this, right? She's like, it's not like we weren't at a place where we knew he needed help, but we didn't realize, like, it was going to happen like this, right? So, um, and then she was able to reach out to a few spouses um, and and find out, like, oh, this is normal. Like, this is usually Mm -hmm. how it takes place, right? Like, it's like, yeah meddling 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 and then boom yeah right and that's like this is a classic example though I want to use this as a great example because I'm very um I I like to be proactive and I really do promote being proactive because our system the supports you know it's very much set up to be very reactive yeah it's getting better it's getting better awareness is getting better organizations are, are trying to pay more attention to this and put you know interventions in place sooner but I will say it's very, very reactive. And so the one thing like when I go, you know, and do outreach and engagement for PSPNet, I really do try to also promote it as yes, we are a service that provides care for those who might be severe and, and have some complex symptoms going on. But we also provide care for people who are middle of the road. We provide care for people who are mild. And also it can be used in terms of prevention. If we can get this out to folks now, it's like sticking those tools in your toolkit so that when and if those storms of life hit, they might not be hitting right now, but when and if they do, you know what to do. And that keeps you from getting in that red zone. It keeps you from getting in those crisis scenarios, right? And so I always try to highlight that is that PSPNet is not just for folks who may be like, you know, you know, outwardly struggling. 
it, it can be for all of us. All of us can benefit from the skills that are you know, in the course, right? And, and they're based on cognitive behavior therapy, which I mean, so sometimes that word, you know, it's like very, I don't know, mm-hmm. very <laughs> and people might get, you know, kind of the heebie-jeebies from it. But, but truthfully, this is how easy it is. Cognitive behavior therapy is just like this. It's your thoughts impact your feelings, yeah. impact your behavior. That's as simple as it gets, right? Because mm-hmm. thoughts are king, they drive the bus. And so if I'm walking around with some pretty crappy thoughts, I'm going to feel some pretty crappy feelings and I'm probably going to behave pretty crappy. Yeah. It's just crappy all around. Yeah. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for many of us, because of our personal experiences, how we grew up, things we're exposed to, our jobs, things we see every day, all of that, relationship, dysfunction, all of that stuff, right? Just mm-hmm. being human, we get impacted by that, yeah. right? And yeah. so it's really, really important that we, you know, that we pay attention to equipping ourselves as well. With, with some of these tools, because it really is easy. CBT is short for cognitive behavior therapy, is super practical. And I've found over the years, even in, in private practice, is that people like it. First responders, PSP, they like it. Why? Because <laughs> it's not fluffy, it's not lay down, tell me all your problems, which is mm-hmm. what, you know, the, the stigma around therapy is, which is, that's not what it is. Right. But it's more, it's very practical, you know, solutions. It's like, Take this strategy. So if you think about your thoughts, right? How do we start to do some rewiring up there? How do we start to do some reframing, right? And even like you were saying when you were at the, you know, the, not was it girl, no, it wasn't girl guides. It was yeah, the girl okay. guides, girl yeah. guides. Yeah. You know, part of what's happening there is that you've got some pathways upstairs, right? <laughs> yeah. That are just, that you're wired. To Sharon's going to get a real life psychology <laughs> session. Everybody. I know. You go, know what? Go, I'm like, <laughs> I love this. Cause I'm like, sign me up. I want Dr. Jody. I need that now. Like it's, it's so good. Keep and that's going, what, Jones, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> right. But you've got these pathways, but the cool thing is, is that we can change them. Right. And yeah. that's really what CBT is intended to do. It's intended to help you start to reframe, do a little bit of rewiring. And with practice, right, you start to develop new pathways so that your brain isn't just going on autopilot, right? And in that hypervigilant kind of fight or flight stance where you're like back against the wall, scanning the room with eight-year-olds, right? So, it, But it's not your fault, right? It's really not your fault. You are, That's a survival mechanism that totally. you need, right? That you've needed. So, but it's really cool how you know, using these techniques can really help not only to get to do some kind of, you know, rejigging and some rewiring, but how impactful that is on how we experience our symptoms. Like, amazing. I'm looking at an appointment with you right after we're done. (laughs) There. Do you have 30 minutes? So it's it's, it's (laughs) (laughs) www.psbnet.net. So I'll just hang up and you two can do it. We'll just keep going. Can I just mute myself? Yes, I can. (laughs) Sharon's like, can. Oh my God. You're like, oh, that shit is dark. Yeah. (laughs) I like like people to know that it doesn't have, I think people get intimidated when you say, and that's why I don't even like to use all the time. I mean, it is therapy. Of course it is. But it's also education. It's also skills and strategies. And, you know, it's not... um, I think people have a misconception about what therapy is. And that's why I'm always transparent even for myself, because I think people think, well, you're a psychologist. You must have it all together. Your life must be perfect. You must do everything right. And I'm like, well, nope. nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Like, yeah. I learn it every day too. And, and I share that because it's maintenance, right? If we, especially in, you know, in the first responding public safety world, I'm sure the two of you, when you were in corrections, you had to go for recertifications quite regularly. Yes. Like you had to go, whether it's yeah. tactical training or whatever it is. SCBA right? training membership. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so you'll know you've got to go do that. Why? Because you want to keep the, that skill set up. Why? Because it helps you to be safe in your job, right? In the very same vein, if you keep up on your mental health, so you go through PSPNet and you get some of these tools. Like I said, even if you're not feeling you really need it right now, you know, in terms of what what that means, you know, what people when people need it. But it really can, like I said, help to prepare you. It's a it's a skills acquisition, right? You have that skill set now. And you know, if, if you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So Simple, true. Right? I mean, the the coping mechanism that, and I can talk for both of us, because it was just like, okay, let's drink. 
right? Let's like, go have a drink. Oh, absolutely. Together. And let's yeah. all go yeah. together as a group, a crew, <laughs> yeah. and let's all drink together and like never leave that little bubble mm-hmm. that we've created. And then and you spiral, know. right? Because even if it's not something I was previously pissed off about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we go for that mm-hmm. drink and share into that about whatever mm-hmm. when so and so came to down to the unit and said we did mm-hmm. this wrong or whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, fuck that, you know. And yeah, then I'm you, mad too. I'm yeah. mad too, right? So then yeah. it's like, and and that and when we were in, I can't, I cannot speak for it now. That was the culture right? It was just like, Oh, absolutely. Very, and there was for a, a long time for, for a long, long time. time. That's how you deal with it. You go have a drink, you lay it all out on the table, but also I, I mean, you lay it on the table, but you also pick it up when you leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, you did it. But you're it's not, like, you're, you're not laying down. This is how I feel about this. I'm pissed off, which your anger is showing up mm-hmm. instead of your grief, right. Instead yeah. of your vulnerability it's your I'm mad because this stuff happened and this is what this is how I can tell everybody because I'm Mm -hmm. mad so people are like well I'm like Lauren said I'm mad too let's have another shot let's have another drink and it just goes from there but you never ever say I'm actually conflicted or I feel Mm -hmm. this is the actual way I feel or I'm not sleeping or I'm drinking too much my anxiety showed up today or I was in the mall and I saw an inmate and I was like holy crap like Mm -hmm. none of that stuff shows up the stuff that you laying on the table is like can you believe this can you believe management right that's what's actually showing up but you can see how that makes a lot of sense as human, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a few elements there that are pretty key, right? One, for each of you, anger is a pretty safe vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the least vulnerable of all the emotions. Yeah, so right. of course, that's a, you know, that's a that's a given. That's a good one to kind of start with, right? But then you have a few other elements. You've got the social aspect, which, as you know, if you think about it from a healthy perspective, that's a protective factor. That does actually help to protect us from the impacts of stress is the, that social cohesion, right? Having supportive people who get you, who validate you. So that's, you know, you can see that how that would work. It, the alcohol factor, though, is just it's the numb up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it really is. We're trying to find a way to get rid of those thoughts, to get rid of those feelings. And, and some people will use alcohol. Some people will use video games. Some people mm-hmm. will use food. I mean, like it, it's it's trying to find something to give us some kind of either comfort or a complete distraction, right? Because it makes a lot of sense that when things are scary, traumatic, hurtful, and we don't have the time and you think about your job, when in the hell would you have time to process anything you're exposed to in a single shift? You don't. And then you mm-hmm. follow that up with exhaustion and not sleeping. So where would you do it, right? So what do you do to survive? You shove that stuff down you seal it off and you don't touch it. And then what, you know, and then part of the problem is eventually we run out of gas. We run out of capacity and energy to keep that under wraps. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see stuff coming up. Like you said, with, with your cousin's husband real quick, it's like once that, once you get a crack, you just got like a tsunami effect, right? Absolutely. And then it all comes up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but it makes sense what you, I mean, and you're, you're right. What you guys, you know, that is, part of the culture it is you know the informal debriefing of the day right now mm-hmm. we have sism and we have different things and then I like too, we, but we've talked extensively about our sism experience and I mean obviously it's changed we just mm-hmm. had uh uh oh my god what was her name the lady from that worked with Lori Cindy Cindy um, yeah. Uh, and she was talking about like her involvement with SISM and I was like oh my gosh like it sounds amazing but that's not what we went through like it was yeah very different um a few years ago I think it was quite and I don't want to say quite new but I think um how it was presented to us was presented um differently than it oh I agree and I also think it depends what organization you work yes, with what, what the culture is like what the trust level is like you know there's a lot of factors right but but back in the day like I remember having this one um, fellow that I had been working with and he said like in the, they used to have an old like Pepsi machine and they would just have beer shoved in there. And so after a tough call, they would come yeah. back, back to the, the station and they just, and that's what they would do. Black humor, you know, they, they joke about, you know, maybe the person they just scraped up off the road and that's, you know, it sounds crass, but that's how they had to make sense of it in their brain mm-hmm. because right. if you let that get to your emotional self it's game over yeah right totally yeah 
hundred percent. But the, the yeah, the good news is it's changing. The culture shifting. Absolutely. Um, and you're fine. You're seeing a change too, like since in the last few years. I'm seeing a significant change. Yeah, I mean, the, the culture is starting to shift. And again, are some organizations further ahead than others? Sure. But I think, at, you know, as a consensus, everyone understands that this is a this is a, an important issue that we can no longer look away from, right? Because it's kind of like that old adage, right? If you walk into work and you have a broken leg, everyone says, oh, shit, you broke your leg. When are you coming back? Are you doing physio? What are you doing? Da, 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 nothing, right? If you go off, because you've been psychologically injured, right? An invisible injury that you can't see. Oh, he's probably just dog. He's just didn't want to, he's lazy, doesn't want to come back. You know, whatever, right? There's a shop talk now. Mm -hmm. And that is the, that's the scariest thing because if we don't start to um, dispel some of that, it does prevent people from reaching out and getting support. If they feel, because they've been at those tables where someone's been talking about someone else, just like that, right? Totally. So, so you know, we've got to create a new conversation. Yeah. And I started a new position. Um, and it's funny, and Lauren, I, I probably just forgot to tell you this, but they had booked me off on mental health training. And it was five hours of training. And it's like internet based. And I was like, my first thought was like, what, why me? And like, mm -hmm. I've got a, a small group of new coworkers that we, we kind of got drawn to each other because mm -hmm. of the dark humor. And, and they were like, well, I'm not scheduled for training. Why are you? And right away the jokes, right? Oh, they think mm -hmm. I've lost my noodle. Uh, I'm off the rocker. They've, they're listening to, to some, right. And then I yeah. got into the training and I, I immediately was like, am I supposed to be in this training because it was people from all over a massive organization not even my department and I'm like are they sending me a message like they think <laughs> I'm I'm in the red zone or what's happening here and then yeah you know you just sit and listen to the training and I'm like so much has has changed and yeah even this organ they're looking out for their people and that's sort mm -hmm. of where they were saying these are the resources this is if you're feeling like but they they spoke about that same thing, the invisible injury, because you're quick even now to say, oh, I had a crazy week or, mm -hmm. you know, those yeah. kind of, and they were like, you have to change your, the patterns or change your way of thinking mm -hmm. or change, make the changes, look, look to see in yourself what's affecting you. And like at the end of the, the court, I was sort of like laughing because they would say this is for everybody except if you're in a first responder role like that that's different for you and I was always like thinking of myself in that first response like everything they were talking about I went straight I'm a, for to the first responder part right yeah but I'm like okay that's not me anymore so I have to go mm -hmm. to the the normal the normal side <laughs> air, air quotes right air air quotes. Quotes. Kind of crossed <laughs> over again Sherry. I've crossed over <laughs> I, I guess so. I don't know when, but I guess so. So it was quite um, mm -hmm. educational, eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and preventative. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I'm so glad to be part of, you know, SIPSERT, uh, right? Because that's the goal of SIPSERT is to raise the level of consciousness, raise the level of awareness, and start to do, you know, and, and support investigation and sharing of knowledge so that we can shine a light on this and it's no longer going to be the you know that invisible injury that people are scared to come forward and say yeah I might be struggling a little bit right mm -hmm. so yeah and recognizing when you're struggling I think that was the that was the hardest part for me my he he was wasn't my husband at the he is now but when it was all happening I was just like what the fuck are you talking about this I is know. how everybody's yeah. like this is what everybody's doing like you don't know he worked on the mm -hmm. oil rigs at the time so he wasn't yeah. the first responder but I'm like how you don't know and like my mom would say yeah. like wow you're like you didn't pick up the phone like how come and I'm like well because I like drank bottle of wine and took a bunch of pills like that's how I sleep bam so I would say yeah. to my ex she's like uh what I don't think you should like, be taking those pills with alcohol I'm like what do you know like You're whatever like, back off, Pam. Back yeah off. leave me alone uh but yeah but it's so funny because it I was so entrenched in it going like mm -hmm. you don't know you don't but even it's know. isolating yeah it's isolating though and you can see that divide in marriages right or relationships because yeah. 
It's like you exactly what you just said. You don't know. You don't get it. You don't know what I'm exposed to. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Because truthfully, for people who work in mainstream occupations, when you think of policing or firefighting or perfection, you know, any of it, it's exciting and it would yeah. be so cool, you know, and, and not that it isn't, but there's, they're not advertising all of the other stuff that goes along with it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, you can get caught up in that. Well, your job, what's, what's so bad about your job? And I like, and Sharon and I have for years since she left and I left the conversation have been like, I didn't know that you were going through that because I'm not telling yeah. Sharon because yeah. I don't want Sharon to be like, Hey, fuck Lauren's fucked. So <laughs> exactly. like, don't put me with we her. We don't want her. Yeah. I'm not, don't Lauren, I don't, don't want to work with her. I don't want to be in an incident with her, even though like that's, but that's it. That's right. Totally like, it. and I, yes. and I, I like, even when I was going through, like when my husband picked me up and was like, we, we got to do something. I was like, just take me to Pinoca. Just He's like, no, we'll go see the family doctor. Like, just calm yeah. down. We're not like, I don't think yeah. we're there. And the family doctor was like, the first thing we need to do is get you sleeping. Cause I think once she yes. wants you and, and it was like, I'm giving you sleeping pills. Cause I need you to turn off your brain for like a couple of weeks so that we can sit here and have a conversation without you like bawling your face off. Um, yes. And it did help for sure that like it, it, that was the start. But when I called work and said like, my doctors put me off for six weeks it was right before Christmas. Oh yeah. yeah. Fucking how convenient for you. Didn't yeah, you try and get Christmas off? You right. Like that's, that was yeah. what the mess. And I, after three weeks, I was like, when I was feeling better, I'm like, I got to fucking go back. Like they're, they, the they need me. They're, yeah. they're that's right. like, everyone's yeah. getting ordered. It's very stressful. Like I have, and my doctor's like, you're not like, you're, you're not going back. You, you need this time. And yeah. I'm just, but the onus and the, the, the feeling that I had around not going back was almost worse, I think, than not going back. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and you it's hear that all you the are, time. Though. It's yeah. an identity, yeah. thing, an identity too, right? thing too. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. So um, tell us how we can find out more. Uh, and yes. um, yeah, so anything you can, else you want to add? Because yes, I, I would definitely say, please go to our website, www, I know you're going to post this, www.psbnet.ca. But truthfully, there's something for everyone. Right now, we are, like we talked earlier about the types of programs we offer. We have agreements um, with Saskatchewan, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and PEI. And in those agreements, as we now expand across Canada, um, and we're on the move. So our goal is to have a, to be a national program. That's our, our hope and our end goal. Um, but for those eligible provinces right now, you get all of the courses, you get support, clinical support, therapeutic support. In, but that, if you're in one of those provinces, if you're like, I'm not in one of those provinces, right? then there's still something for you. So mm -hmm. we have self-guided programming that yes, you, you may not get the therapist support, but you still get a top-notch um, program lots of excellent stuff in there and just like that's the one that you took I know yeah. you've adv advocated for this at the start of the show that's the one you took so please know there's lots and lots of uh information on the website but also lots of um, options for support for everybody there's something for everybody right now so check us out and please know like I know you'll put our, our phone numbers and stuff up call us if you're unsure call ask for me I can talk to you we can talk confidentially if you have questions if you have concerns if you're not sure um, please know that that my door is always open as and if I'm not there our whole team we just, just we mm -hmm. love our job and, and we're here to serve awesome yeah I think super helpful for people to know like you know this is this is available and mm -hmm. and uh, immediately if you need it in in all aspects right and Absolutely. available now to spouses uh, families um anyone who thinks that they need that additional support or, or preventative, right? Like, I mean, That's if you're, right. if you are new to any sort of public safety, <laughs> this do yourself absolutely yes. a favor yep. and, and really like check it out because as much as we are moving to this, there are, I, I would love to see like PSP not be a part of like corrections programming and all yeah. of those are even for spouses, right. To say yeah, like, absolutely. here's what, here's what you need to know. Here's what yes. you need to look for. Here's how you can survive this yeah. as, as a individual and as in a partnership, because there mm -hmm. it, it really is, uh, it is a different world and yeah. 
And as much as you think you're ready for it, um, you're likely or not, even if you saw, and I hear some people yeah. say like, well, I, my dad was a, a, and I'm like, well, your dad does things very differently. Let me tell you, uh, that's a totally different generation. Jared and I were just talking about how our moms are so different than us yesterday, right? Like just, it's a different world, right? And, and, and men yes. were taught to stuff it down and move on. And uh, I know that you probably have heard the statistic too, Jody, and I bring it up all the time. The life expectancy of a correctional officer is 58 mm-hmm. years old. And yeah. it and that is a Canadian statistic. So I mean, yeah. do yourself a favor, know this stuff yeah. early, yeah. be ready yes. to handle these tools, be able to recognize these things. Because when I got that pension paper telling me I had 17 yeah. years left, I'm like, I'll be fucking dead. Oh, no. Like yeah. I might yeah. as well just quit now because I, I ain't going to make it. And yes. then if I do make it, I got like four good years after that. Like yeah. that doesn't, the, that doesn't don't, equal good, a good life for me. So I'm going to, yes. I'm going to bow out now. Um, but yeah, we like, don't want to minimize the impacts of stress and totally. the impact on, and the impact on your body. Right. Head to yes. So I, I agree with you. I will, I wanted to put one last little plug in. If there are folks listening who think, hey, we'd want to know more about this in our organization, or yes, we, we might, you know, have a way to integrate this, please reach out to me because that's part of my job too, is trying to get this to be, you know, when you go in and you see EFAP or you see EAP, I'd love it if you could also see PSPNet, yes. you know, because we, it's just another viable option um, and one that, that folks can readily access. So if you're out there, and you want to know more? And I, I, I'd be glad to talk. Jody, to you you're going to be busy, lady. <laughs> I hope so. I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're like, yeah, yeah, we, and we'll connect you too if that's something beautiful. You, you need. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I just want to thank the two of you. I mean, it's it's one thing to you know run a podcast and do the, you know and, and provide the service to other people and, and share this information, but for the two of you to be so transparent with your own experiences, I, I just really commend you. It's not easy to do but it's so needed. It's so needed because just one person hearing this thinking, huh, that's, that's me. That was me. I, you know, maybe there is some hope. Maybe I can do something and this is okay. Um, it just brings a lot of hope to people. So thank you both for what, for what you're doing. No, thank, thank you. you too. We appreciate, we thank appreciate you. you. We appreciate your time and everything that you've shared with us today. So well, that's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at From Uniforms to Unicorns uh, on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Speaker, all of those. Also, feel free to subscribe. You'll be notified of new episodes that come out and we always love a review. Also, feel free to share with anybody you would enjoy. We also want to send a big thank you to Jamie Green for being our podcast editor and to Jeff Bale at Third Hell Music for our soundtrack. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Love, Lauren and Sharon.